good to be with you again today. It's um, in the Christian calendar. It's actually Trinity Sunday today and uh, follows on after the, the day of Pentecost uh, a week later. And it's most appropriate, isn't it, that we're talking about the Holy Spirit. It's oftentimes we, uh, we tend to uh, leave the Holy Spirit out of our thinking about, uh, about the Godhead. And uh, the Trinity certainly includes uh, the person of the Holy Spirit. And uh, to worship, one of the main things about Trinity Sunday, as it's so called, uh, is the, uh, the worship of God, the worship of the Godhead. And uh, to worship uh, the Spirit as God is an important part of uh, what we do when we come together as God's people. The teaching here in John chapter 16 is just a taste of what the Bible, of what the New Testament at least, uh, tells us about the Holy Spirit. And I I know that uh, Rob's going to be uh, opening up uh, further next week uh, some of the teaching on the Holy Spirit, and and I think that's great. Um, What we have here is just a taster, if you like. But remember, uh, in the last couple of times I've been here, we've been talking about how it's important to see the teaching of John 15, and I'll say the same for John 16 in two contexts and those of you who have heard me speaking in the last couple of times you're probably sick to death of hearing this but I'm going to say it again because it's so important and that the first context that we need to put this passage into is the whole purpose of John's writing and John talks about that in the first chapter this this great Godhead in the person of Christ uh, becomes a human being and moves in next door. He becomes our neighbour and uh, he lives out the character of God. John tells us in, in uh, chapter 1 that uh, he has come to exegete the character of God. He has come, come to make fully known the character of God as grace and truth. And so he is full of grace and truth and he, he, he expresses grace upon grace, John tells us in, in chapter 1. And so uh, uh, the purpose of, uh, of Jesus' coming, as far as John is concerned in the writing of his gospel, is that we might understand uh, God revealing himself in the person of Christ as filled with grace and truth. And that has great implications later on as we hear that uh, the Father is sending us into the world as he sent Christ into the world uh, to represent his character amongst our neighbours, character of grace and truth. So anything that's written in John's Gospel needs to be put into that context, understanding that John is trying to get across this this fact that Jesus, uh, who is God, He is the Logos, the communicator of God, uh, the word of God in the flesh. And uh, he has come to help us to understand that God is filled uh, with grace and truth. That's the first context and and that will be important as we go through and uh, and understand what what Jesus is teaching us about the Holy Spirit in this passage. But the other context is is also important and that is, as I've said a couple of times, um, the, uh, the chapters 13 to 17 are Jesus teaching around the table the last meal that he's having with his disciples and he has some things that he wants to tell them uh, before he goes away and that's the context Uh, I'm I'm going away and so you need to hear these things and it's especially important when we think about the Holy Spirit because he is teaching here the Holy Spirit will be the presence of Christ the presence of the Godhead amongst you I am going away 
but it's okay because I am sending the Spirit. I am sending uh, the presence of the Godhead in the Holy Spirit and he will be in you. And so it's very important to uh, to understand it in the context of John chapters 13 to 17 as a, uh, a comforting teaching that Jesus is giving to his disciples. And in fact, he would be doing the same for us as we gather around the table. The many lessons that are there in chapters 13 to 17, uh, we would be wrong to miss out the great lesson uh, that the Spirit has been uh, sent to us. The Spirit has... Um, uh, filled us uh, to enable us to be the people of God who will represent the grace and express the grace and the truth of God. So please remember those two contexts as we have a look at some of the teaching uh, that uh, that Jesus is giving to us on the purpose of the Holy Spirit in um, the last part of chapter 15 and chapter 16. Let's look at it in, in, uh, in two bites uh, first of all, starting with John 15:26 and going through to chapter 16, verse 4. So we'll look at that uh, first of all as, as a passage uh, by itself, and then we'll look at the second passage. In, in, this, in these verses, uh, Jesus is talking to them about the Holy Spirit. He's talking to them about the world of suffering that they are going into and, uh, and why he is telling them these things. First of all, on the Holy Spirit... Uh, he, he tells them that the counsellor is coming, uh, the paraclete, the parakletos. In the Greek it means the one who is coming alongside of, uh, the one who is coming to be an alongsider uh, who will be with you because I won't be, I am going away. Remember the context of chapters 13 to 17, I am going away. Therefore I need to tell you this, the Holy Spirit is coming as an alongsider. In fact, he will be in you. So he talks about the um, the Holy Spirit as the counsellor, uh, the advocate, many other words could understand the paraclete. He is being sent by Jesus from the Father. So the Godhead is involved in this. He is the counsellor, he is the spirit of truth, and he is the testifier. Those are the three things that Jesus introduces the spirit as, and we'll unwrap those in a minute. He is the counsellor, he is the spirit of truth, and he is the testifier. So he teaches them about the Holy Spirit. He also teaches them, or, or he talks about the world of suffering. Now, we touched on this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the world of suffering, he, he lets them know that this world that is going to bring them persecution because they're following him. And he's talked about that in John chapter 15, that uh, uh, you're going into the world and in the world you will have suffering. Well, he lets them know that this world that they're going to receive suffering from is the world of religion. He's not talking about the Roman, the Greco-Roman world. Uh, in this instance, he's talking about the world of religion. He's talking about people who have access control over the synagogues. They'll cast you out of the synagogues. They won't let you in. Well, those are the leaders of religion. He's talking about those who are able to execute you for blasphemy. He's talking about the world of religion. Uh, and this is where persecution came from, first of all, uh, for, the, uh, for the early church. It was later on that the Romans caught on to the idea, but it came, first of all, from, uh, from within Judaism. 
And that's what Jesus is, uh, is, is warning them about, that this world that you're going into, because you're following me, you're going to be experiencing some really hard times. And the really hard times are going to come, first of all, from the people who actually should be supporting you the most, uh, the people who are the religious leaders. They will ban you from the synagogues. In fact, even they, they kill you for blasphemy, they'll think they're doing God a favour. That's what he says in those verses. So he's talking to them about the Holy Spirit. He's talking to them about the world of suffering into which they're going and boy are they going to need the Holy Spirit to be able to survive. That's the, that's the basic lesson. And then he's talking about why he is telling them all this. Why? Because he's going away. He talks about that in John chapter 15 here. Because he's going away and they must be pre-warned about what they're going to face so that they're properly prepared. So let's have a think about those things that he's uh, talking about. Um, in the person and the work of the Spirit, uh, he, he's teaching them that we have a continuation of the incarnational purpose of Christ. I'm going away, but my ministry is going to continue. My presence will continue. I will be with you, uh, even though I'm going away. It's a mystery, isn't it? It doesn't make sense in some ways, but in other ways it makes perfect sense when we think of the Trinity, when we think of the Godhead. The presence of God will continue on with you. And it's a continuation of the same purpose, that God might be known as a God of grace and truth amongst us, as a neighbour full of grace and truth. And so he says, the Spirit will be in you. He will be the counsellor. He will be the one who is called alongside to assist you, to assist you in this ministry of grace that you are being called to. And uh, we have uh, in the New Testament uh, a fair bit of unwrapping of that idea. The fruit of the Spirit, for instance, that Paul talks about in Galatians. Um, uh, what I think the passage that you're looking at next week with, with the, uh, the purpose of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and, and uh, we, we have great unwrappings of this teaching in other portions of the New Testament. But here the idea is that he is coming alongside of you as a counsellor, as one who will assist you, who will give you advice, who will enable you, who will empower you. All of that is wrapped up in the idea of the paraclete. Why? To, to, to do what? To live this life as a ministry of grace. John chapter 1, Jesus has come that we might know God as a God of grace and truth. The Holy Spirit is coming to be the continuation of Christ within you and amongst you. Why? That you might be able to express the character of God as grace and truth. <laughs> you getting the theme? You understand why it's so important to put this context together to understand what our ministry really is, what our mission really is, to represent God. How can we do that? Well, I'm going to give you the Spirit. I'm going to give you the Spirit to be in you and alongside of you, and not only personally, but as a group, as a community. You'll be a community of the Spirit to be able to live and practice the grace and the truth of God. That's what he's saying here. The difference is that the Spirit will actually be within you. Uh, Jesus says, you know, I have been with you in this 
physical, bodily sense. We've traveled together from place to place. The Spirit is going to be in you to empower you to be the presence of God. This is mind-boggling. And the only reason it's not mind-boggling, the only reason we're not jumping up and going, whoa, look at that, is because we've heard it so often. But it's mind-boggling that Jesus is saying the Spirit will be in you so that you can be the presence of the living God living next door. (laughs) It's incredible. That's what he's talking about here. To enable us to be neighbours of grace and truth as a community and as individuals. You see, that's what the fruit of the Spirit is all about. The fruit of the Spirit, it's about the grace of love. It's about the grace of kindness. It's about the grace of gentleness. It's about the grace of self-control, etc. These are all the graces of God. (laughs) Explained in love and kindness and gentleness. Imagine the world made up of neighbours representing the God of grace all over the place. Imagine Montmorency. Imagine Monty. This suburb, this neighbourhood, feeling the presence of God and his grace of kindness and his grace of love and his grace of goodness because you live there. Imagine that. That's what he's saying. That's what Jesus is saying about the Holy Spirit amongst us. And you know what? It's even in the context of suffering. That's why he's talking about the world that you're going into, the world that should be supporting you, the religious world out there. You're going to experience suffering. People will hate you because you're following me. People won't understand you, won't make sense. But you're going to be those neighbours of grace. How can you do it? I'll send you the Spirit. That's what I'll do. (laughs) It's fantastic stuff. So we move on to the the, the next passage, verses 5 to 15 of chapter 16. And Jesus continues to talk to them about the Holy Spirit in these verses. He says, first of all, look, if I don't return to the Father, the Spirit will not be sent. Context, I'm going away. I'm going away. But I've got to go away because God's plan is for the Spirit to infill every individual follower of Jesus to be the presence of Christ everywhere. You know, that's what I reckon Jesus meant. Even greater things than these you will do because I go to the Father. Remember when he said that? Even greater things than these. All these things that I've been doing, Jesus says, you're going to do greater things than that. Well, you can't do anything greater than what Jesus had been doing, raising the dead and you know, doing all these miracles and wonderful teaching and all the rest of it. But, you, but, but we can do it greater in, in that it can be spread wider. How? Because the Holy Spirit has come 
to individually in Philos, all these communities of faith and all these people following Jesus all around the world. And that won't happen if I don't return to the Father. So he's sitting around the table, the last meal with his disciples, and he says, I'm going away, but i got to, <laughs> because if I don't, the Holy Spirit will not be sent. If I do, the Spirit will be sent, and that's the plan. So what will the role of the Spirit be? Well, he unwraps it here in, in, in this passage in chapter 16. As we've already said, he's the counsellor, the paraclete, the one called alongside to encourage, to enable, uh, that the fruit might be produced, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. Um, but he also has a role of, uh, of convicting the world. So he's not only at work in the church, in the community of faith, enabling us, empowering us to, uh, to produce the fruit, that, by the way, Jesus talked about in John 15, remember, that it will be born uh, because we're um, remaining in him. We find out here that the life that's flowing through, if you like, is the life of the Spirit, and, and that will be producing the fruit. But he's not only going to be at work in the community of faith, he's also going to be at work in the world. He's a spirit who is coming, or who is already here, but he is coming into the world as a whole. He's working in you guys, and Jesus is saying he's going to be working in the community of faith to enable you. But the good news is he's also working out there. (laughs) And we never have to invite him into our presence or invite him into the neighborhood. He is already there. He actually invites us. Now, sometimes the hymn writers have got it wrong. Um, Holy Spirit or God, we invite you into this place. Well, God says, thanks, but I was there already. <laughs> now, the Holy Spirit is at work in the world, and we move into the mission that he is already doing. What is his mission? He has a role of convicting the world about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. I'm going to unwrap that a bit in a minute. But that's what uh, Jesus says he's doing. He's convicting the world about sin and righteousness and judgment. And thirdly, he says that the Spirit is a truth guide. He reveals truth to us. He is the Spirit of grace and he is the Spirit of truth, as it came out in John chapter 1. All that he does, Jesus says, all that he does brings glory to the Father and to the Son. So the Godhead is at work here. Uh, Just as Jesus' mission on earth brought glory to the Father and the Spirit, so does the the, the mission of of the Spirit bring glory to the Godhead. So there's no competitiveness here. It's all a part of what God is doing. See, Jesus is addressing their sorrow at hearing of his departure. I'm going away. But it's to your advantage, he says, because you will receive the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will come upon you as the counsellor and this is the main depiction of his work that Jesus gives us across these passages he is the encourager who works alongside you to enable you to do your best to produce the fruit of grace in the world this is the best example of what it is to be a good neighbour 
a person of love. But then he moves on and he talks about this role of the Spirit as convictor in the world. And this is a passage which I've struggled with over the years. I, I, it, it sort of it doesn't sit naturally with me. And, uh, for, for Jesus to say he, the Spirit is going to be uh, working this uh, conviction in the world, um, he's going to convict him of sinfulness because I've gone to the Father and, and, and so on. I didn't quite understand it. And so um, I've done a bit of work on it in really thinking it through and, and this is what I've come up with so far. don't know if it's right or not, but this is what maybe Jesus is saying in these things. I mean, it's, it's the, the best thing that we need to know out of all this is Jesus says the Spirit is at work in the world. Okay, so you can, you can go home with that and you can put your money on that. <laughs> it's for sure. The Spirit is at work in the world. So when we leave this place, we're moving out into a neighbourhood where the Spirit is doing some work and he's inviting us into it. And that's the main thing that we need to be assured of. But he does unwrap it a bit. First of all, the word convict has nasty connotations, doesn't it? You know, under conviction. The Holy Spirit is out there and he's going to hammer people. You know, he's going to convict them and they're going to be under conviction and they're all going to need to, you know, repent and so forth. But actually the word convict or the word that's translated convict in, in the NIV uh, means to throw light upon it, to throw light upon it and cause people to come to a realisation of the truth. Truth. Why did Jesus come? To reveal God as a God of grace and truth. The spirit is in the world to help people in the world to come to an understanding of the truth about the way they're living living godless lives, living lives that are empty, living lives that are meaningless, living lives without hope. And the Spirit is in the world to throw light upon that, to say, you know, there's a better way. <laughs> there's a better way. And people talk about Australia as a, as a godless nation and, and so anti-religious and so forth, and much of it is, but I tell you what, Australians are really open to understanding that there's another way, that there's a different way, there's a better way. Aussies are lost in, 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 a, in a sense of hopelessness and it's increasing. And they're, they're ready to hear from anywhere, any alternative. And that's, that's why so many different alternatives are having a heyday, you know, presenting this and that and the other thing. But we're told here the Spirit is out there throwing light upon the fact that, hey, there's a better way. There's another way. It's a way of hope. There's a way of meaningfulness. And you see, because he's out there doing that, and we're filled with the Spirit, and we're called into those situations as our neighbours and our workmates and our family members and so forth, all we're doing is living a life of grace and truth in a context where the Spirit is saying, hey, there's a better way. And the idea of linking this conviction that people in the world have of there must be a better way with you living a better way, <laughs> what's well, only natural. And that's what the role of the Spirit is in the world and in us as his people. 
The Spirit's mission in the world is not a condemning, judgmental mission, but a persuading mission. That's the idea behind the word convict. It's a persuading mission with the hope that people will get that truth and will find the alternative living next door (laughs) in a neighbour who is filled with grace and truth. He will convict the world of sinfulness. Now the word sinfulness simply means missing the mark. Missing the mark. Too often when we when we talk about sinfulness, our favourite list of sins <laughs> pops into the mind. And the media portrays those list of sins, whatever they might be. And so when we talk about sinfulness in the world, those favourite list of sins, and you know, they can, no, I'm not guilty of that, nor that, nor that, nor that. But sinfulness just simply means missing the mark. You're trying to find hope and meaning in this and that and that, but you're missing the mark. And the Holy Spirit is there in the world convicting people that they're missing the mark of not believing in him. And it says that the Holy Spirit is in the world convicting people of righteousness. Ooh, that's a, that's a horrible word out in the world, righteousness. We know what it means. It means living integrity. It means being the real deal. Ah, truth comes into it again. Uh, it, it means being everything that you were made to be. That's, that's what righteousness is. Living rightly as a human being. And he and and Jesus says the Holy Spirit is in the world, uh, convicting them of righteousness because He's returning to the Father. Well, if He's returning to the Father, how will the world know what what um, what living rightly is all about? Well, it says the Spirit is working in you and me, and through you and me to the world, that people will see the alternative living next door. Now it makes sense. And it says that he will be convicting the world of justice, or if you like, judgment, that things have been made right because Satan, who is the father of lies and the author of evil and the deceiver and the condemner, is already under judgment. The Holy Spirit is out there in the world helping the world to come to the truthfulness that they're missing the mark. The Holy Spirit is in the community of faith empowering us to be the alternative. It's a great plan. (laughs) It's a great plan. Wish I'd thought of it myself. It's God's plan to change the world. It's as simple as that. It's God's plan to change Montmorency. It's God's plan to change your workplace. It's God's plan to change our families. It's God's plan that he's in the world convicting the world that they're missing the mark and there's a better way and he's in us enabling us to live the better way that's what this passage is saying about the role of the Holy Spirit the third thing he talks about is that the role of the Spirit is as a truth guide he will reveal truth to us to teach us how to live He will guide the church, God's people, the community of faith, to know what that right way is 
to live and how to communicate it. I recently did a, a personal study in the book of Acts and I was intrigued in the, uh, in the early chapters of Acts how oftentimes we, we think of Acts as a sort of a book of signs and wonders because of the great miracles that were done uh, through the early church because of the Spirit. But do you know that this idea of the Spirit comes up more than any signs and wonders in the book of Acts? The idea of the Spirit of truth as a Spirit uh, leading us, uh, convincing us, helping us to know what to say and how to say it. I won't go through the passages because uh, of time, but, but uh, repeatedly in the early chapters of Acts, uh, the, um, uh, the, the Christians, uh, the members of the community of faith, are seen as being empowered to speak the truth in love. The Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And I tell you, we need that. If, if this is God's plan of he's out in the world convicting the world that there's a better way and he's working in us to enable us and empower us to produce the fruit that shows that this is a better way, this is the way to live, uh, well, we really need help in knowing how to communicate that. <laughs> We really need help in knowing how to live. What does it mean in this situation and this situation and this situation? Because it's jolly hard sometimes to know. And the Spirit is given to us as the Spirit of truth to help us to know. I reckon that the church, generally speaking, is sadly lacking in the fullness of the ministry of the Holy Spirit as taught by Jesus in this chapter. I think too often we've been sidetracked into either neglect or faulty emphasis. There are some parts of the church where we have neglected the Holy Spirit. Talk a lot about Jesus and talk a lot about the Father. But the Holy Spirit especially as Jesus teaches. <laughs> but there are other parts of the church who focus on, on uh, uh, the, the, the charismata, focus on, uh, on, on the gifts of the Spirit, focus on some of the, the, um, uh, the signs and wonders so forth. But that doesn't really get to, the, get to the core of what Jesus is talking about as the Spirit. It needs to incorporate that, but, it, but the core of what Jesus is talking about is the Spirit of God working in the world working in us that his plan might be fulfilled the calling we have to be in the world as Jesus was in the world is a calling to be people of grace and truth and it's the mission of the Holy Spirit to enable that presence it's really good to know isn't it that we leave this place to move into that mission with the power that we need, with the truth that we need, with the grace that we need. May we become known as a people of grace.